Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 25 of Solving Problems with Jonathan and Kyler, where we talk about real communication problems your church is facing and give you practical steps to solve them. My name is Jonathan Crone, and we are joined, as always, by Kyler Nixon. Today's episode is the first one of season four, and we are talking about why no one pays attention on social media. And Kyler, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's the most engagement you've ever gotten on social media? Uh Okay, let me think back. So I was a communications associate at a pretty large church, um, and we had a lot of followers or, or like likes on, particularly on Facebook, uh, but we didn't get a lot of engagement per post because we were doing a lot of the things that we're going to talk about not to do in this episode. But um, one day I posted and I said, how can we pray for you? That was all it said. It wasn't a graphic. It was literally, how can we pray for you? And I, for the next several hours that evening, personally responded to every single person who commented. We had like over 500 comments on that, on that thread. That was the most engagement I ever got. That's incredible. I was part, uh, I helped with a video that a church plant did. They were probably running 150 people at the time. Um, this real fun video, um, that it was promoting a teaching series they were doing, but had nothing to do with the actual teaching series, put it together. And within a day, it had gotten 15,000 views on Facebook, but it was just this real fun, silly video, uh, of, there were the, the series that they were doing for the summer was summer jams. They were talking through or teaching through the Psalms. So they said summer jams. And so what they did, uh, this was real popular a couple of years ago. They put up a, a camera in on the dashboard of the car and got in. And there's a, there's a couple girls from Australia. I think it was that did this, that started this trend where they would lip sync to different video, uh, different songs in the car with different costumes on. So the lead pastor, the teaching pastor and the worship leader all got in the car and they just went through some of the favorite road trip, uh, summer jams type of songs <laughs> and lip synced them for two and a half minutes That's with so different fun. costumes on. That's so fun. That was the video, but it got them over 15,000 views. Um, so it's just, there, there are all sorts of things that, that end up hitting that you don't hit, think will hit. But when you go back and research them, there are a couple common threads. Yeah. And for sure. the big, I, the big idea for today's episode uh, when it comes to social media, and this is just a big idea in general with marketing, but it's that people don't want to be marketed to. They want to be invited into a story. Oftentimes we don't do that in social because all of our, this is the first point we'll get to is that all, most of our, our posts, our, whatever we're doing is all hype about us. It's hyping up what we've got going on, what we're doing, what we're excited about. And so we're marketing those events to people instead of inviting them into the story. Right. Yeah. It's the don't don't miss out this weekend or this is going to be an incredible event or, you know, like, you know, I've posted those plenty of times. So, so no, like I'm definitely guilty of that. Um, but I think now that we've worked through this process, um, kind of from a different approach, those hypey things are a little bit, uh, I would say people kind of see through it pretty quickly. So, um, yeah, it's a great, great point. Way too much about, about us. And the, the general idea, again, we mentioned this in uh, past seasons and we mentioned it in the season preview, but Kyler and I both come from a story brand, um, approach. We use the story brand method. And one of the big keys to that is, playing the hero versus playing the guide. 
And in our social, when we make things about us, we make ourselves the hero. We're the hero of all of our marketing saying, look how great we are. You should follow us because we're great. And unfortunately, people are out living their own lives and they're doing their own things. So they see that and they think, oh, that's cool that you're so excited about it. But how does that help me? Right. Why should I care that you're so excited about this? So when we make our social all about us, we're not inviting our people that we're trying to reach into that story. Yeah. A quick test for that. I mean, this works for just about any piece of marketing collateral, but since we're talking about social media today, um, go back through the last you know week or two weeks of your social media posts. And I want you to take out a piece of paper and split it into you and us. And anytime you say we, our, us, you know, something along those lines, put a check on the us side. And anytime you say you, your, yours, you know, something like that, put a check on the you side. Um, I think one of the easiest ways to tell if you are making people the hero or if you're talking too much about your church is to look at those checks and see, okay, are we talking more about ourselves? Are we saying we, us, our more than we're saying you and your? Um, And if so, then I think that that's your that's your answer that you might be talking a little bit too much about yourself. And there are certainly times to talk about yourself, but you just can't be 100 percent about yourself. and you, you could frame things like, for example, the church that I attend uh, each year at the end of the year for the past two years, uh, we're only a three-year-old church, but we have done an, a special end-of-year offering that is called Hold the Rope, where we raise an extra offering for every person in the church. There's never a monetary goal. It's just a, we want people, we want every person to be involved, and we give 100% of that to ministry partners. This year it happened to be hmm. uh, a church plant, two church plants and uh, ministry partners internationally. So Interesting. one here uh, locally, one nationally, one globally. And so when we, when we made the announcement, I was so proud of our executive pastor who made the announcement because he didn't say we raised $198,000, which he could have said. Right. Um, instead he said, you all gave 198,000. Yeah. Just that little So shift. that's just a way to flip that. Right. Yeah, exactly. So on your social media, don't say, Hey, we were able to give away 198,000. That's awesome. But what's even better saying you all gave $198,000 so that we could give it away. Mm-hmm. You just celebrate the people and you invite them in. Um, another example uh, that we do is, uh, and I'm just, an attender here. I'm not on staff. Uh, but our onboarding process that we do for, for new people is, uh, through a weekend class called the weekender. And it's the, it's the first step everywhere. We don't say come here about what we're doing, where we're going, blah, blah, blah. It's framed as come find your next step so that you can get connected to everything going on at the church and you can find the groups you're wanting to be in the server, the place for you to serve. We just, it's that little flip and it's in all the marketing. It's in all the communications and all the social media. It's all the you, not the we. Right. Yeah, that's good. I think we've talked about that one enough. Let's move on to the, to the next uh, thing that we had, we had jotted down. Which one you want to hit first? We've got two more left. Let's do uh, it's too polished. Your social media okay. is too polished. I feel like we're advertising or we're playing Jeopardy. Let's do yeah, it's too yeah, polished yeah. for 200, Alex. Yes. <laughs> um, so this, this is one of those balances that we have. As church creatives and church communications people, um, 
we have a very high standard for how we're doing things or how we feel like we should do things. We want it to always look the best because we feel like we're competing, not with the church down the street, but with Apple and IBM and uh, all sorts of other places. That that was the the statement I always told um, different people on staff when I was in the role that you're in. And while it's true that we're competing for attention from all those other places, uh, I think there are times that we'd be much better off not being as polished as we currently are most of the time. Yeah. I think like an easy thing that my mind kind of went to is like social media is a relationship network, right? It's social media. It's a social network. Um, And I think a lot of times when we put out things that are incredibly polished, it becomes a one-sided conversation where you've spent way more time on that relationship than the the person on the other side of that. Uh, And so my mind initially went to like, you know, think about friendships that you have personally, right? Like I have a really good friend who him and I will send, you know, texts or photos to each other like every day um, of, Hey, check out what I'm doing. Or did you see that? Or did you see this? And when I'm sending him those things, like I, I started as a graphic designer. So like I have like the design sense, I guess, to like make it look good. But when I'm sending it to him, I'm just sending it because I care about investing in that relationship and think, and I think that he would be interested in it. And he reciprocates the relationship by responding and having a conversation with me. So like, I would never send him a polished graphic, like, Hey, did you see the score to the bucks game last night? Check out this sweet graphic that I made. Like it it just doesn't, (laughs) relationships don't work like that. So, um, I think you can view your social media, like not always, I, I think polished graphics are fine occasionally, but, um, I think, think about it that way. Like, would you spend that much time on what you're posting if you were to just to text it or send it to a friend? One example of that is, um, I know one post that's pretty popular for mo- for a lot of churches is posting the weekend set list of what you play uh, in your music sets. And we have these great graphic templates for them and we try to make them look gr- perfect or uh, we put them over top of a pretty picture of the worship team, or whatever. Um, Sure. Do that occasionally. But I would be willing to bet that if you wrote down the three songs with a Sharpie on a piece of paper and took a picture of the Sharpie just sitting on a table, that that would get more engagement than the pretty picture. Yeah. Because it feels real and authentic and it doesn't feel like you're marketing to somebody. Right. The other area of that, um, when you're, when you're preparing your social media, like obviously it's not always practical to go take, you know, iPhone photos like every minute of every day or, or, you know, whatever that actually looks like. Like I fully understand that you need to use the photos that maybe you grab that weekend or something like that, or something that matches what you're trying to say or a verse or whatever. Um, I think one of the other ways that churches make things too polished is by grabbing stock photos. Um, you using stock photos is a way of saying like, we don't know. I'm just going to be straight up about it. Like we don't care enough about this message to invest the time and energy into grabbing photos of our people ourselves uh, and, and spending some time building up that library. And I want you to know, like I have worked in a really small church and I've worked in a mega church, which with a larger budget, like you do not need a DSLR high quality camera to get good photos of people on the weekend or at events or anything like that. Like somebody on your staff has an iPhone or a high quality camera phone or something like that, that you can grab decent photos of people. So I think if you're using stock photos uh, still, then you're probably trying to make your stuff too polished because you care more about, you know, the high quality of the stock photo than the 
the story that that image is telling saying this is our church this is our people um and it doesn't necessarily matter how high or low quality that image is and here's another example of that would be um video is king right now on social you all know that um but we don't always have to get our nice fancy camera out with the perfect microphone film the video of our pastor or our host or whatever and then put it into premiere or final cut, put music behind it and then export it and put it on social. A, that's a crap ton of work, but B it's going to be, it's, it's so polished. What would be much more engaging is for you to give your pastor or your host or whoever an iPhone, put it on selfie mode and have them record a video right there and then post it. Yep. It's not going to be as polished, but it's going to be much more like a conversation with that person than it would look like an advertisement. Yeah. And the way we cut through the noise of advertisements overrunning our day is by making things feel more relational and like a conversation with a real person. Yeah. I saw a church this weekend um, that I follow up here. Uh, apparently, I don't attend this church, but I just follow them online. And their, their pastor must have told a funny story in church that was not finished uh, during the service. And I don't know if this was planned or if they just did it ad lib, but it looked like in their staff meeting yesterday on Monday, they grabbed their iPhone and went live on Facebook and they had their pastor finish telling the story on Facebook. It was so unpolished. Like the communications director, or whoever literally just grabbed their phone and started press record in the middle of this staff meeting. And the pastor telling the rest of the team finished the story that he didn't tell on Sunday. And so now the church was able to hear the rest of the story, was able to be a part of kind of that staff moment that they had, uh, and was able to like, just kind of enjoy that real and authentic moment that the pastor shared that wasn't polished. It wasn't a pre-made video or anything like that. That's really cool. Again, it gets back to the idea that people don't want to be marketed to. They want to be invited into a story. And so with that in mind, the the last piece of this is um, the third problem we're going to talk about today with your social is that it's not fun. Social media is a platform that you are supposed to have fun on. It's not supposed to be serious unless it's LinkedIn. LinkedIn, you can be serious. Yeah. But on, are any churches actually on LinkedIn? I mean... I don't know. Uh, anyways, but on on social, on Instagram, Facebook, um, no one's really using Twitter that much anymore, but Instagram and Facebook are the big ones. People are there to escape their reality, to distract themselves from something. And when we are serious all the time, people are just going to keep scrolling. Right. I think the other, I mean, just like the practical way to do that on social media, and, and there's a fine line here. Like, I think you could cross the line from like funny to like maybe inappropriate for sure as a church. But um, if this is the way that your church is set up and you wanted to move a little bit more in this direction, I know like Jonathan Malm like is the king of these, but uh, like memes I think are appropriate within reason to share. Um, like you think about if, if you it could, fits your culture. Yeah. If it fits your culture, you like, if you tied it back to a Bible story or the weekend story, like, um, and, and it made sense. Like, I think people uh, from the ones that I've seen from the churches that share some of those, like the engagement on those is so high because people see memes and they, they think it's funny anyways, right? Like they're seeing it in their regular social media feed. So then when all of a sudden a church does it, it's one, a little unexpected, but two, it's just kind of a fun, like, Hey, we don't take ourselves too seriously here. And I think there's a lot of ways that you can kind of express that. Um, like even what you were mentioning at the beginning of your, uh, you know, your pastors sitting in a car doing that, you know, 
jam session or whatever as a promo video like that's fun like you just took a couple minutes and did something goofy and posted it online and you got a lot of r- response from that because it was fun your pastors weren't taking themselves too seriously and this is my potentially controversial statement for the week in that not everything we do has to present the gospel and here's what i mean by that directly directly direct directly yes so we we are trying to get our message into an unbelieving world who is skeptical of us and the way we do that best is through relationships and by showing that we are real people who are living real lives and who laugh and who cry and who have fun and all these things when we show every side of it we show people we're real that we're not in an ivory tower looking down on them at their problems when we have fun I mean, just think of the relationships you have with people. One of two things is going to significantly strengthen those relationships. Either you go through something very sad together, um, a tragic moment or um, something that is emotional and binds you that way, or you go do something extremely fun together and you have that memory and that tears down the wall so that you can go have more serious conversations. Our social is the front door to our church. Um, It's the first look that a lot of people are going to have. And so if we can have some fun there, if we can show some people that we are real and don't take ourselves seriously all the time, then they are more apt to listen to us when we talk the spiritual things, when we talk serious gospel-oriented conversations. But if we only talk that, people aren't going to pay attention to us. You know, I think humor and uh, just lightheartedness is also reflective of the heart of God. Like, I think if you read scripture, certainly there's a lot of heavy moments and a lot of like deep moments, but I also think that uh, God had quite the sense of humor. So like, I think it's okay for us to take ourselves, uh, not take ourselves too seriously all the time. If you want to, I got to look this up real quick because I didn't think about saying this, but if you want to look into that a little bit more, there's a book called, Beautiful Outlaw by John Eldridge. The first two thirds of it is incredible. Um, It talks all about the personality of Jesus and how he showed the different personalities, um, personality traits. Uh, He had fun. He cried. He laughed. He um, was sad. He was confused. All these things. Uh, One of my favorite stories that uh, Eldridge talks about, uh, I'm going to tell this terribly probably, but if you think, on the day of Jesus's resurrection, when he's walking on the road with the two guys and they're like, you haven't heard. He's like, and I mean, here he is. Imagine the mood Jesus is in at this moment. He has beaten death. He's conquered the grave. And now he's alive again. He's completed his life's mission. Why he came to earth. My guess is he's in a pretty dang good mood. And so he's walking with these guys who are a little sad and he knows the end of the story and he's just like, Oh, what happened? Tell me more. Tell And he's egging them on. And then finally he's like, he like reveals himself to them and then poof, he's gone. Like I got to imagine there was a smile right before the poof, but there, there are just some, there are things that we don't, we take ourselves a little too seriously at times. And, um, we border religion a little bit when we do that, as opposed to relationships and everything that we do is based around relationships. And if we really want to have uh, an impact, 
with the people we're trying to reach, it'll always be relationship based. Mm-hmm. I have a great book to to kind of end on and wrap this up. Um, there's a story brand rooted book. I don't entirely know how to describe it, but uh, it's a book that uses the principles of story brand and storytelling. Um, is written by a story brand guide. She was at worked at Twitter and a bunch of other places. Uh, Claire Ortiz, and it's called uh, Social Media. What's it called? Social Media growth for every brand or social media success for every brand. Um, super easy read, but it just gives really practical ways to use story on your social media um, to increase engagement and to um, really connect with people where they're at. Yeah, it's social media success for every brand, the five story brand pillars that turn posts into profits. And I mean, just really change profits to something else that makes yeah, you feel less dirty. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, it's on Amazon. Uh, you can grab it. Uh, but To wrap everything up, the reason no one's paying attention on social is you're only talking about yourself. You're not talking about them. Everything you're doing is too polished and you're not having fun. If you can change those three things, you're going to have more engagement. You're going to reach more people. You're going to grow your church and you're going to have a more impact with the people in your community that you're trying to reach. Boom. Boom. Cool. Well, that's it for episode 25. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking about why your testimony videos aren't connecting with the people you're trying to reach. Uh, if you want to reach us on social, Kyler, you can be found at? At Kyler Creative on Instagram. And I am at Jonathan underscore Corone on Twitter or Instagram, uh, Jonathan Corona on Facebook. So uh, feel free to reach out, reach out on those platforms. Let us know some things that you're doing on social that's connecting with people in uh, some real cool ways. And we'll share those with other people as well. Uh, remember to subscribe, rate, review. Give us some reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts. That'll help us reach more people. Uh, that's us selfishly asking you to help us. But we'll be back next week and we can't wait to see you. Have a great week.